Hello and welcome to the Entrepreneurship Cocktail Podcast, where we talk about all the ingredients that it takes to make you a successful entrepreneur. Today, our guest is Ismail Sabri. He is a businessman. Uh, sometimes he feels like a poet. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't ask for a better introduction, to be honest with you. And uh, uh, he's a good friend of mine, and uh, we're glad to have him on the podcast. Karibu. Uh, Thank you so much. I am uh, delighted to be here. Excellent. So, give us a bit of a background of who you are, Ismail. <sighs> okay, so I am uh, Somali. I've been living in Kenya for the better part of my life. I have uh, studied here. So, I've, I've been living here for about 17, 18 years now. And I've been in business for about five, maybe six years. And within that time, I mean... It's it's always been something that I've wanted to participate in, even before, um, you know, I had finished university. So uh, I guess that would be an apt description of where to start. <laughs> what did you study in university? I did economics, but I also did a side degree in computer applications. Okay. Yeah. So, Simeon, mm-hmm. was that your first business or... It was, it was. Um, you know, the strange thing is that a lot of people had this notion in their heads about what it would take to run a business mm-hmm. or start one for that matter. And they'd always say that you need some sort of experience. You mm. need something to fall back on, something that means that you don't have all your proverbial eggs in one basket. Mm. And that was never the case for me. I had never made so much as 500 shillings in my life before I started this company. Mashallah. So it was a completely clean slate. And if anything, that, that turned out to be, you know, the starting point to something far better than if I had, you know, experience that would have otherwise held me back mm-hmm. from just diving, you know, headfirst, so okay. to speak. And um, how did you come up with Simeon? Okay, so what Simeon, I think uh, an apt start would be to explain what Simeon does. So it's, I like to think of it as an electronic solutions platform. So what it does is it brings for you the options beyond just buying electronic products to be able to trade them in, to be able to sell them, to be able to buy them used, Mm -hmm. to be able to undergo repair. And as recently as about a year ago, to do um, electronic waste disposal. Okay. So the reason that I came up with this is because when I was in university, I had the misfortune of losing several phones Mm -hmm. in the most unfortunate of ways, (laughs) in fact. So the thing is, you know, as a Somali, you know, kid whose parents are not going to be able to accept every single you know piece of information that he lays out in front of them mm-hmm. i always had to find my own ways at times yeah. so i remember that if i lost a phone or just anything that was as you know new as a couple of months old i'd always just have to find my own way so i'd mm-hmm. just try and collect whatever funds that i had you know just put it together and then go on an online forum, I'd go on OLX if you can remember what OLX was yeah. back in the day. I think it's called GG now, if I'm not wrong. Mm-hmm. And even before that, Google Trader. And I would spend that very patiently earned, I won't say hard, but patiently earned <laughs> money 
into um, getting something used from them and mm-hmm. I'd get ripped off. I'd, be, I'd get completely ripped off and it would be the most heartbreaking thing because <laughs> in a space of 30 to 60 days, I would not only have lost the phone that I got, but I'd yeah. also get ripped off by someone who I had no idea who they were, you know? Every, this is a story every Kenyan can relate to. I think so, I think so. So the strange thing about that is um, the proverbial lemons to lemonade situation happened mm. where I realized that this was there was such a huge potential for what was going on here because... Especially on OLX, this is probably 2014. If if you were to refresh a page mm-hmm. on OLX that mm-hmm. had a list of Samsung phones or a list of Apple products or whatever, the phone that was all the way at the top mm-hmm. was now in page two, maybe page three. Mm. Meaning that in a couple of minutes, people were posting up to 12, 15 ads of their classified products, something that they wanted to sell themselves. Mm. What that assured me is that there was potential for this, but I, like you just said, every Kenyan can relate to this story mm-hmm. where you're not the only person who stands the risk of losing something, you know, or worse, the risk of your own security, you know? Yeah. So the last thing that had happened was I think I got an iPhone 4S that had a motherboard issue. And uh, the person who I got it from so happened to turn his phone off on me when I tried to call him. <laughs> so that's where that ended. And I had a discussion with about that with my dad when I well when I came clean and I told him, hey, uh, you know, second time still got burned. Hopefully, third time's the charm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I told him, but yo, maybe the charm that I'm looking for um, is that this could be a potential business. Mm. And um, he gave me very sobering advice about how realistic this might be or its lack of realisticness in the sense that, you know, unless you have a real platform for this where you are able to diagnose these things and, and take, on, take on a real system, then you might stand to lose a whole lot more than you gain. Mm. So I spent about the next 12 months of my life um, not just finishing university, but you know, putting this idea together, you know, systemizing it because this there was nothing like this that had existed before, mm-hmm. which meant that the platform was mine for the creation. And I mean, that's one of the most encouraging things that had happened about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, by August of 2015, it was a running business. Mashallah. So that's how it started, yeah. And um, so you had a clean slate. Um, how did you go about, what is the first thing that you started with? Um, for the business and uh, how did you go about getting market share well 2015 if I might admit was a very different time in the business life of, of, of this of this city mm-hmm. or for this country to be exact in the sense that not a lot of things were established on you know the online, online platform yeah. you know People knew, people knew that. I mean, if you, I think Facebook had rolled out its um, IPOs maybe two years before mm-hmm. and they had started, um, well, taking ads from small businesses, average-sized businesses, you know, global industries. And it. I mean, that whole platform was still rolling out. A lot of people were not familiar with it. They thought that you needed some sort of technical prowess mm-hmm. to be able to undergo these tasks. But... I mean, you know, maybe I'm speaking from a position of biasness, biasness mm-hmm. considering my uh, 
considering my background, but I knew that it wasn't all that difficult technically. So what I wanted to do was I realized that in order to start a business, you know, in Nairobi at the time, a lot of your success would have to come from location. It would have to come from being a storefront mm. and et cetera, et cetera. And I knew that I didn't have that capacity both financially and, you know, you know, physically. So I decided to sort of make up my own rules in the sense that now I decided to take the, you know, the game online. Mm-hmm. And within that time, it wasn't just that I was the first of that, you know, industry in the sense that um, not a lot of people were doing, you know, these refurbished and used products there. But even the people who were selling brand new electronics mm-hmm. were not there online. So, yeah. So the advantage that that ended up giving me is it made it so much easier for me to capitalize off of the people who are coming from that platform. Mm-hmm. So that is how, and until today, that rings to be true. I mean, we're on the fourth floor of some random building. You would mm-hmm. never just happen to, you know, walk in upon us. But, yep. you know, it still happens that we have a good market share because we are able to access the people that we need in not just, you know, an effective manner, but something that's, you know, price-friendly as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So online marketing, Facebook, Instagram, Google, all the shebang. Yeah, websites and, you know, all of that. So everything that would sort of create the potential for you to be able to be streaming some sort of product from your phone, you know, some sort of, um, should I say, website, mm-hmm. you know, be it Facebook, be it Google, be it Instagram. You, If you were looking for something similar to what we had to offer, the chances of us popping up was always there you know okay excellent and so you've been around now for about five years mm-hmm. um definitely so the first challenge that you faced was how to get to market mm-hmm. and the way you did that was changing the game going online mm-hmm. um and you've maintained that as your mo yeah um what other challenges have you experienced in the last five years well you know I think one thing that I'll admit, and um, assuming that there's anybody who's listening to this who has, you know, aspirations of their own, but limited experience is that it's true. Limited experience will be something that stands in your way, but it's not, it's not, you know, set in stone. It's not something that will permanently stand in your way. So one thing that I optionally decided to do was to replace my experience with um, caution Mm-hmm. And it would be something that I would consistently keep in mind. I'm not very experienced, so let me not take risks that I don't need to take. Let me not do things that I would otherwise not need to do. But you see, that's not a sixth sense. Mm-hmm. That's just something that you are consciously trying to keep in mind. And mm-hmm. what that does is it limits you from the freedom that you would otherwise get by just acting naturally. And that's the kind of natural experience. I mean, that's the kind of natural setting that you get from experience because you no longer have to worry about, you know, I don't know if this is going to be safe for me. I don't know if this is going to be good for me. You just, you act more naturally. But I couldn't afford to do that quite simply because of my lack of experience. Mm -hmm. So I had to replace that with cautionary, you know, processes and just slowing down you know, getting my 10 feet on the ground, just building up slowly. So that was one thing that was um, a mental 
sort of barrier to overcome, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the good thing with experience is that when you're young, it's a lot easier to absorb than when you're older. And I yeah. think that's that's why I'm so very glad that I started this as young as I was because it meant that every single lesson not, was not only a sucker punch, but mm-hmm. it also meant that I got up quicker every single time, you know? So that's something that had a downside to it, but I was very glad that it did. So what are some of those biggest lessons that you came across? Let's see. Um, now off the top of my head, because I don't, <laughs> I don't know if I can remember any. I mean, the, there must have been something that was like, like suck punch you so hard and you're like, am I going to survive this? Am I right. going to be able to take it to the next step? Um, I yeah. think now that you mentioned that, something does come to mind, which is that success is, it's relative. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think that there's no, um, you know, I always thought, and I think that you could be 50 years old and still think this until a situation changes your mind about it. Mm-hmm. Success is very relative. There's no final destination to success because mm-hmm. there's goals and there's ambitions and there's targets. Mm-hmm. And every single time you reach them, you know, as much as you celebrate them, you also have to be able to do some rekindling. Mm. And you have to say that I want to improve this and I want to be able to um, set a new task or a new target or whatever else it is for myself, you know. Mm -hmm. So one thing that hit me like a sucker punch is that when the business took off very well and, you know, we had moved into some new premises and we got some employees and whatnot, I thought that that was the end. I thought, you know, okay, nice. I'm successful. (laughs) I'm done. But what I realized is that at times, you know, success is also fighting for what you have, Mm. you know. Um, Aside from just the growth aspect and reaching new dimensions, it's also about establishing the roots to the current dimensions that you have. And I think that was a very hard lesson for me Mm -hmm. because I was a 23-year-old with, um, more on his plate than I think most of the other 23-year-olds, you know, at the time. So the amount of experience that I had versus the amount of role models and, and, and people who would be able to guide me through this new stage in my business career was very limited. Mm-hmm. So what that ended up doing for me was sort of taking away um, a lot of dimensions of what I needed to know firsthand which was that, yes, I've done well in the sense that I've achieved what I wanted to achieve as per that particular time limit. But that doesn't mean that, you know, it's slow down or take it easy because you're going to have to fight like hell to keep what you have right mm. now, you know? Mm. Yeah. And how was it moving from, I mean, you, I, I'm assuming you started on your own, you didn't have any employees. Mm-hmm to a level now that you started hiring employees, how was that experience for you um, in terms both as a success or at the same time also managing employees and meeting, you're now meeting people's expenses by you, ha- you have to think about those overheads of paying salaries every month. Mm-hmm. How was that for you? You know, in retrospect, looking back three years later, um, it was far kinder to me than, than, than I gave it credit for. Mm-hmm. And I mean, <laughs> this is the part where I don't really have anything, you know, outstandingly, you know, unique to say in the sense that I just, I got lucky. Mm-hmm. I got lucky with the right people. 
Yeah. I got lucky with people who were patient with me as much as I was with them or as much as I I'd like to think that I was with them. Mm-hmm. Um because the one thing that having employees taught me is that the the game changes dramatically and it's no longer about it's kind of like now you have a family. Mm-hmm. You have people that you have to look after on a regular basis yeah. and you know if if you want to look at it from an ethical sense from a moral perspective um you know the dynamics have changed just that much more mm-hmm. so i mean i like i said i i got lucky with it because i it would have been very 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 easy for that to have gone haywire yeah. but fortunately enough it was something that you know became transitionary mm-hmm. and of course that transition failed more often than not for the first couple of months but I think once they established themselves into the business and once I established myself as you know a leader for them because that was also another dynamic that I had to you know sort of walk myself into mm-hmm. everything else flew seamlessly. Mashallah. Sure. Yeah. So was it that you just randomly reached out to people saying like I'm hiring or oh. did you do you also hire through your network? Um the hiring process was actually quite strange because um I knew that I wanted to get three employees mm-hmm. and one of those employees would have to be someone who would be a full-time technician, you know? Mm. And the other two would be doing the general sales and you know, um other affairs of the business, so to speak. Um so the first person that I found, I found them in a very strange way. I uh had gone to one of the Samsung um what do they call those? Uh the long care centers. Oh, the care centers. Yeah, yeah so I had told them that hey um I have this in this business so I just I walked up to a random person who was um sitting at a desk and I said hey I intend to um branch out my company I need someone who has killer sales ability and obviously you guys don't hire people who just lack off yeah so would you happen to know anybody mm. and they connected me with um someone and it so happened that he was indeed ex- exactly what I was looking for mm. so he and I sat down so i branched out on my own january 2nd 2018 and mm. um or should i say i started you know acquiring you know the necessary human resources january 2nd 2018 but mm-hmm. by december of the year before he and i had sat down and we ironed out the details and by then i had seen that you know the potential of what he had to offer was something you know that i needed mm. as um for the others it was one way one thing or the other it was either connection you know through the network means or someone who just um you happen to know beforehand and so on and so forth okay yeah so mostly i would say that it was a mixture of connections as mm-hmm. much as just the right things finding you at the right time so so uh, also at the same time you also needed to to know what exactly you needed from your human resource mm-hmm. before hiring mm-hmm. and to be able to know that once you sat down with them you were able to okay so you you can see this guy has what i need yeah he offers what i need so this is the person that i need to take on board Uh yeah I think um with a lot of that I think if you know when I was I was on my way here I was sort of just making mental notes of the kind of things that I wanted to discuss the mm-hmm. moment that that record button turned uh, red <laughs> and uh, I think one of the things that I thought was of paramount importance is to mention that vision isn't something that happens naturally and I think the reason that I recall that is because you know you asking me about what I wanted out of my employees was 
a very you know enticing question because mm. you have to know what you want out of them and i don't think that you know the vision to know what you want out of them is something that comes naturally to you mm-hmm. i mean i might be speaking for myself because i can never be able to 100% say that that doesn't happen to other people but what i found to be a fact is that you have to be able to sit down with yourself mm-hmm. as a business person as an entrepreneur and know not just what you need out of yourself but what you need out of your company which you need out of the people who are spending their time in that company mm-hmm. and other stakeholders you mm-hmm. know what i mean whether that's you know the customers who are going to be walking through your doors whether that's um you as an individual or really anything else for that matter so i would consistently and i i i mean i would highly recommend this for anybody who's listening and has any kind of um you know aspirations again towards the same that you sit down with yourself and you sort of you iron out what the vision you have for individual things are because like i said it's ra- it's really going to be the case that this comes naturally to you mm. you always have to be the one to sort of step into it yeah so that's what i had done um i knew that you know out of the three people one of them would have to be the leader to the other two in the sense that in the cases where i'm not, i wasn't around which honestly i had intended for that to be a lot of the time mm-hmm. um he or she had to be the one to sort of school them up to step them up and um keep accounts for them and uh sort of i not any issues they were having with clients at the time and so on and so forth mm-hmm. i knew i wanted someone who was very technical who was very good with you know repairs and things like that and someone who was a people person mm. so once i had that idea in my head it was easy to then go ahead and implement that idea and get people who had already by the nature of the conversation that we had and so on and so forth fulfilled those particular um requests looks like we have a, a guest we have a guest <laughs> uh yeah so we have a few guests that interrupted the, the podcast briefly yeah it took everything in me as a somali not to <laughs> let those dogs scare me to death i'll tell you that much <laughs> oh man uh alhamdulillah <laughs> so kind of lost my track a little bit but mm-hmm. basically what we're talking about is There's, there's something I heard a while back. Mm-hmm. Um, there's two things when you're working um, on a business. Um, there's working in the business, which is being there, doing the tasks that need to be done. And then you work on the business by taking a step back and looking at what you need to do. Um, it's basically like joining the dots. Yeah. Um, and that's exactly what you're talking about in terms of you have to be able to step back, look at what you need, and then be able to grow uh, from there so joining those dots is really important I, i i fully agree in the sense that i mean i think there's a point where you are more detrimental to your business mm-hmm. than you are useful mm-hmm. and i think that's such an ego check for a lot of us including myself because you know your business really is your baby for the longest time you know because quite literally without you this thing doesn't survive mm-hmm. quite literally yeah so for it to get to the point where it no longer needs you to open its doors mm-hmm. to take its phone calls to reply its messages to talk to the clients that walk in it's it's a completely different dynamic okay so i mean what i realized and again that this was also a very difficult lesson for me is that it takes 
a whole lot of self-reflection to mm-hmm. realize that you need to step back enough to be able to give these people that you've hired and you've given the trust and confidence in mm-hmm. to be able to step in and fill the shoes that they're now going to be wearing. Because mm. what I did for the first couple of months was the smallest problem would happen and they'd come running to me because, I mean, technically speaking, this is someone who's on a paycheck and mm-hmm. there's only so much that they will aspire to do. Mm-hmm. And they realized, they realized that I gave a damn. Mm-hmm. So they would come to me with every problem and they would say, hey, this and this is happening. How do we solve it? So by me not stepping back, what I ended up you know, inadvertently doing is solving all of their problems for them. Mm. And what that did was it made them slower to grow into the shoes that they inevitably had to wear. Mm. But alhamdulillah, eventually when I realized that mistake, it was it was quick to rectify. Okay. Yeah. That's good. I mean, that's that's uh, really important. I mean, that's at the end of the day, um, when you're hiring somebody, mm-hmm. they are a resource. They're supposed to make you more money than you make th- and then you pay them. Yeah. At the end of the day, as a business person. Yeah. Um. So, if they if they're coming to you for all the problems. As you said, it's a very it's a limiting factor. You, they're not able to grow it, not only themselves but also their the business is is limited by you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was that was something fantastic you were able to do and, and rectify um, yeah. to, so that you remove that limit um, from the growth of your business. Mm-hmm. In terms of um, let's say financially, did you ever have a time when you're like? Am I not making enough to be able to grow mm-hmm. where I need to grow? Or was it that you were able to grow in phases? Um, <clears throat> so you started on your own um, and you're supposed to, you, you were able to make enough profit. And one, one thing that we, let me put it in this perspective. A lot of the unicorn companies out there, mm-hmm. um, the idea is you make product or service get a lot of people to use it and then figure out how to make money later on mm-hmm. as you mentioned facebook uh, when by the time you were coming up then they mm-hmm. had just ipo'd mm-hmm. and all this time they had a product and service but they're not making much money out of it right um yet they had a lot of money backing them um and they had they had that comfort to be able to do that Whereas when you look at businesses in Africa and Kenya, mm-hmm. we don't have that comfort most most times than not. Mm-hmm. Um, and putting unicorns aside, businesses around the world, you need, and this is a lesson that I personally have learned over the last 10 years, mm-hmm. you need to figure out your business model and uh, make money from day one. Right. Um, so how, how was that growth for you to be able to finance your own your own growth and your own uh, success you know i'm i'm so glad that you brought that point up because i could not agree with you more you know um i think that the you know the ball game we play here and the ball game that they play in the west is 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 so different that you know at times you start to realize that the aspect that goes into a lot of the segregation that has happened you know post racial you know outstanding racial you know definitions mm-hmm. and now is is very much technical it's 
behind the scenes it's intangible but it's things like this mm-hmm. it's things like facebook getting the rights to be able to survive for 11 years on the idea of someone capitalizing on them mm. way later but like how you said where in our situation you have a 6 month span you have a 12 month span 18 months 24 months if you're lucky and within that time you not only have to make this idea work mm-hmm. but you have to make sure that it outstandingly operates by itself mm-hmm. and is able to go the long haul with you know limited resources mm. so i i i 100% agree i mean i think that they said that about 80% of the companies in africa fail in their first 24 months mm-hmm. so i think that that's a dynamic that's very different based on regions and it means that you know th- with all honesty you just have to be that you know more you know hard working and enterprising mm. and 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 what not you know you have to bring your a game all the time because you don't have the convenience to be able to slack off or yeah. you know have some sort of financial you know cushion so in that sense i think i'm lucky in the sense that you know this is still technically an sme it's still mm-hmm. a medium sized enterprise so i mean the amount of how do i say um the amount of damage that could be done by the potential failure of this project is mm-hmm. not as grand as it would have been if i mean we were talking about something that's operating you know across the country across you know the east africa region maybe even central africa mm-hmm. you know with hundreds of employees if not thousands with several different spaces to operate from mm-hmm. so i mean realizing that the you know the one person who was both capable of you know scaling this and having it fail was me was such a reflectively beautiful thing for me because i realized that i have that potential and i've always you know known that i have that potential it's always something that i wanted to you know um take advantage of so it never really sat on my shoulders too heavy because you know the loss the potential loss was not all that outstanding mm-hmm. but i think that you know even then i would always realize that still this is something that you've put time money and effort into and you have to be able to be outstandingly you know enterprising just all the time yeah. you know without the chance of failure so that you are able to scale this so that you are able to reach financial freedom so that you are able to you know achieve one goal after the next mm. yeah and then the journey as an entrepreneur mm-hmm. is very mentally and emotionally taxing um even to some point it can even be spiritually taxing mm-hmm. um have you faced um some really difficult moments um in terms of mentally emotionally spiritually um and how did you overcome such kind of a strife i uh i plead the fifth on that <laughs> <laughs> no but for real i uh i definitely did i definitely definitely did and i think that's it's very important for you know young entrepreneurs to be able to speak about that in an open space because it does it does tax you emotionally and mentally it really does because this is something where i mean i remember quipping with my mom i think this was maybe um end of 2017 and that was the year by the way fundamentally speaking so that we have somewhere that is start the story off of mm-hmm. that um a lot of the scaling in the company had happened you know that was the year that allowed me to be able to 
you know, um, venture out into the next phase of this company. And within that year, I remember being on the phone just all the time, mm-hmm. all the time. Um, there's an uncle of mine who came um, to stay with us for Ramadan and he was commenting that, you know, I shouldn't, you know, be the last person home when it's iftar time, quite simply, because he said, you know, these things can wait. Money mm. can wait. You mm. need to be able to spend time with your family. And that was the start, but by no means the end mm. of the personal toll that, you know, business <laughs> did on you. Because, you know, it's it's a simple it's a simple numbers game in the sense that you have to be able to spend a sufficient amount of time in it, yep. especially when it's still, you know, cultivating. Mm. So, I mean, fast forward about a year after that incident, and there was a time, I think, um, I had woken up, say, four o'clock in the morning, and I was just sweating bullets. And I remember just mm. having this nightmare that my phone was ringing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you listening to me right now, whoever else might be listening to this, might think, nightmare, phone ringing, I don't really see the correlation, but uh-huh. that's just how bad it was. You know, when something happens enough times and mm. you spend enough times on your phone, mm. talking on it and then texting people back and forth and whatnot, it becomes something that you are utterly bothered by. And I mm-hmm. think, you know, I didn't like how much it had taken away from me, how mm-hmm. much of my own life and sanity, you know, in, in t- to that aspect that it had taken away from me because you're constantly on the phone, you're constantly talking to people, you're constantly just engaged, mm. you know? And that's a very draining thing to, mm-hmm. to, to happen to you mentally. So I woke up four o'clock in the morning sweating bullets, imagining that my phone was ringing and I look at it and there's nothing. And uh-huh. I think that that was... The next day was where my humble introduction into the do not disturb sphere <laughs> sort uh-huh. of got introduced. So it's it's very taxing um, by its own demands because, you know, when you're going into this, especially when you're going into this as someone who has aspirations for where you want to be in the future and it's just one step after the next and uh, it's just, it's a ladder that just reaches, you know, the sky and you can't see where it ends and maybe it's 10 years from now it's 20 years from now it's 50 years from now you have to be able to check yourself you have to be able to say that there's mental you know limits that you are willing to not surpass you have to say that hey you know after this point i check out after Mm -hmm. this point you know i find some me time I, i find some time with my friends i find some time with my family and so on So, <clears throat> what can you say so far um, are some of your biggest wins and successes? I think that one of my biggest wins as far as um, this business goes is that I would confidently say that at 27 years old, I have the experience of someone who's maybe been in, you know, the adulting life as well as just whatever career of their choice that they have been there 10 years longer than i have in the sense that you know when you're in when you're in entrepreneurship when you're when you're undergoing a project when you are solely responsible for the safety you know maintenance and growth of something you know every single day is a challenge you know every single hour of every day is a challenge so 
your growth is multiplied it's it's exponential as compared to if you were somebody who you know would be i mean would have someone else responsible for their career growth someone who supervises them a manager mm-hmm. um you know so on and so forth so one of the biggest successes that i have is mental in sense that i think that i have the experience to be able to go forward into anything that i want not just you know with the 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 added bonus of ability and experience that you've gathered from here and there but also the confidence to know that i've made something work you know and i've made something of myself um the other success is that you know i'm i'm at the stage in my um business's life and well outstanding of the business that you know we just recently started where it doesn't need my constant attention it doesn't need my constant you know supervision and that comes to a benefit because it means that you have more time for yourself now as opposed to the beginning where that was a bit more challenged mm-hmm. so i think that those successes the success of experience and the success of time and of course the financial independence that buys you that time is yeah. definitely something that i would earmark mashallah so so far um what we can look at as the ingredients to your entrepreneurship cocktail mm-hmm. is identifying the business concept um by you you encountered a problem you got burned twice when when uh um buying a phone online mm-hmm. um and then now just establishing the processes and then building it from there um and then you just started um so it's about putting in the work um and especially in the beginning as you mentioned you got to a level where you your family was asking you to take some time off mm-hmm. um but it was really important for you to put in that time and effort at that uh, at that point in time and the right business model mm-hmm. like we spoke about yeah. um we don't have the luxury of 11 years to find out what our business model or where or how we're going to make money. Mm-hmm. You have to start with something that is going to make money almost right from the off yeah. in order to be able to finance you and help you for for growth. And then hiring the right people. Um I think that was that was a really um good thing for you and I think you also went about it the right way you what you went to Samsung of course they're going to be have a really stringent mm-hmm hiring process um so that was that was a smart thing um probably in hindsight uh, you did yeah. uh, to be able to get the right hire mm-hmm. and then all those things were able to now give you the ability to take some time off and then now taking that time off is now going to help you grow to the next level mm-hmm. um in your next businesses and what you're going to do is there anything else you'd add to that list of ingredients Would I add anything else to that list of ingredients? Um I think I'd add two things, but they are more personal in the sense that the first thing that I would add is that, you know, if we are encountering just about anything, you know, just about anything that's worth our while, the concept of trial is very crucial. And I think that, you know, speaking as an entrepreneur who had a cocktail of, you know, different agenda 
um, it's very important to be able to just have the ability to try, mm. have the ability to just whatever it is, just go on, just start it, get your foot in the door, you know, and past that, just have the confidence to keep trying and keep trying and I keep trying because the one thing that you notice without a shadow of a doubt is that it's all just within the trial. And um, I think the second thing that I would maybe mention is that you're never done learning. Yep. There's there's no true. there's no end to it. There's no position after which the perfect model has been created. There's no position to which after which uh, the perfect business has been created or the perfect you has been created. So, you know, I mean, be so open to that concept where because you know learning is never going to be comfortable. Which mm-hmm. means, you know, until the project is done, which it never is, you're never going to be completely 100% satisfied. Mm-hmm. So you have to be able to sit down and make a mental note to be on a constant, you know, edge of your seat kind of concept that you realize that you're always going to be learning one thing or the other. Mm-hmm. And to be okay with that, mm-hmm. to actually revel in that because... Who knows, you know, maybe the lesson that you learned today, as small as it might be or as big as it might be, is the lesson that ends up helping you out in something major six months from now, 12 months from now, 18, and so on and so forth. Excellent. And at this point in time, looking forward into the future, what is your vision? I mean, business-wise? Yeah, business-wise, personally. Um, What I think... I would love to happen is I think that one of my major goals in this entire thing is to be able to change the dynamic of 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 what we do you know of the industries that operate in this in this continent um to sort of level out the playing field you know so that we are not always just a decade or two or three behind mm. as 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 turns out to be the case more often than not I would like to be able to establish something that is groundbreaking, something that, you know, people from this continent can solely, you know, have, you know, the... the, the bragging rights. The bragging rights too. Thank you. Um, I think that's my vision for the future in the sense that, so that enough, you know, one step at a time, you know, mm. one entrepreneur at a time, we sort of level out that playing field. Excellent. Yeah. And... What advice would you give the naive you when you started your entrepreneurship journey? Now that you look back five years ago. Hmm. What advice would I give to him? I think that one thing that I would tell him without a shadow of a doubt is that those those two concepts we just talked about, about the reality of trial mm. and the reality of learning, you know, are very dynamic processes. And uh, I think I would also add to it that, you know, he needs to be able to separate, you know, what might be his ego and what might be his confidence in the sense that, you know, I always knew that, you know, business was something that I wanted to go into. For as long as, you know, mm-hmm. I had some sort of functioning mind, maybe, you know, 15, 20 years ago, I still think that I wanted, you know, if someone asked me what I wanted to do with myself, I always knew that, it, you know, being in business, being someone who was able to help out other people to mm-hmm. be a leader was something that I wanted for myself. But... I needed back then to realize that, you know, just because, you know, the the difference between 
being confident at something and you know just having it being arrogance being just an ego aspect you know mm-hmm. so to realize that you know i'll definitely be able to get things wrong and i'll be getting things wrong probably every single day mm. but that should build my confidence it shouldn't take away from my ego mm. it, it it should be the reality that you know for every single step that i've made wrong you know now you know when it's still small and has relatively you know um ineffective you know you know boundaries mm. it helps me out later on when it matters 10 15 20 times more excellent yeah and uh do you want to talk about the businesses that you're venturing into or that's still uh, under wraps um well one of them has started so i think i'm relatively comfortable talking about that mm-hmm. um it's a logistics company uh, okay. and uh the point of it being that when someone has um someone in 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 Kenya and hopefully as early as you know mid this year will will be branching out into Uganda and Tanzania as well mm-hmm. to be able to give you the potential to order things from online platforms across the world you know we have seven destinations across the world right now excellent asia europe and uh, the us to be able to you know these e-commerce platforms once you buy products from them to have them shipped here locally. Mm-hmm. So that's something that is very exciting. I'm actually very excited about that. Awesome. Because it also helps out massively that I have a pool of experience from a completely different industry yep. to put into this. So it's kind of what I was saying about, you know, realizing that these lessons end up helping you down the road mm. come to life because mm. you are seeing something that is completely different mm. from what you've been doing for five to six years yeah. yet still applies almost as if it's a hand and a glove you know yeah, yeah. so it's it's a very exciting prospect you want to do a name drop or ah. some free advertising okay <laughs> so as far as uh, the name drop goes uh, it's called Cardinal Logistics International so okay. we'll be having our website of the same so it should be cli.co.ke Okay. And uh it started just about a month month and a half ago so it should be you know up and running to the general public in the next uh couple of weeks hopefully by February of this year 2021. Mm-hmm. So you guys keep a lookout. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. So thank you very much uh Ismail Sabri. I think we've gotten a lot of golden nuggets uh in this entrepreneurship cocktail. Um I mean entrepreneurs love gold who doesn't <laughs> I so. think that's the same that's the one thing we share with every single person but thank you it was an absolute delight to be here excellent yeah. and uh, we look forward to interviewing you in another 2 3 years when you have uh, other massive business growth inshallah. I will I will be sure to keep my nuggets aside for them <laughs> inshallah shukran ismail okay. excellent